Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. You recognize that in order for you to rise, you have to reflect and catch and, and start with your own core truth. And then it's visualize your, your hero. For me, my hero, and Matthew McConaughey said this best one day, I love what he said. You have to be your own hero. You know, you, his own hero is, is someone he's always constantly aspiring or looking for. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. Lovely people. Welcome to another episode of the Free Time Podcast, and thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Today is a very special recording. We have the opportunity to hear from a dear friend of mine named Ephraim Glick. Ephraim is my Amish brother from another mother. He's a serial entrepreneur, and he started and operated eight businesses year to date. Straight hustle, dedication, and hard work from this young man. I promise you today's recording will be well worth your time as we talk about everything from how to release limiting beliefs from childhood. We get into how to actually override the little voice in our brain, right? And how to believe what we tell ourselves with conviction. And we actually get deep into discussing how we evolve into the individuals that we were destined to be. Guys, this one is packed with tons of great story, great antics, and all around authentic elements that you can actually sift out and put to work right away in your own lives. Without further ado, here's a conversation with Ephraim Glick. Man, you threw on a sports coat for me, bro. Look at you. No, I just got back from a little uh, conference today, but I would have. <laughs> That's what I love about you, man. You're always keeping it 100, bro. Good to talk That's to you, right. man. Welcome to the show as well, man. How have you been? I've been great. Great. That's Actually, awesome, really man. super duper. That's awesome, yeah. man. I wanted to... I've been fantastic, man. I mean, honestly, I'm just enjoying the podcast. I'm honestly really enjoying the aspect of just connecting with people, making the most out of their lives, man, really making the most out of their youth. You know, the show is called The Free Time Podcast, and 
I chose to kind of go down this rabbit hole because I feel like a lot of young people, you know what I'm saying, are golden handcuffed to this like notion that, oh man, I'm young. Like I have all the time in the world to start that business or I have all the time in the world to like take that trip, you know, thinking that that time, sometime in the future is promised to them. And uh, I just think it's like the biggest misconception, man. So I'm just loving talking to young hustlers that are just out pushing the envelope and really pushing some of the, you know, the barriers that are put on us in this life, man. And you're one of those people, man, that came to mind. So dude, for the audience that doesn't know, I connected with Ephraim back in Nashville, like back in 2017, man. And I remember meeting you for the first time, dude. And I was like, dude, this dude, this dude is legit, man. I think at the time you had just started a furniture business or a furniture sales yep, company. Yep. And, and, and prior to that, you were, you were building and selling playgrounds. I think you had like a John Deere playground that you built that like went viral on the internet, man. I want you to give us a little bit of a context as to where you come from and how you got into this sort of serial entrepreneurial, you know, pace that you're in right now. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. I, I had to, I mean, I think, I think a part of it, I grew up on a dairy farm, on, on an Amish dairy farm, as a matter of fact. And, but um, I think my dad kind of instilled like this entrepreneurial thing in us. I, I don't know. It just turns out all my brothers uh, and my dad are entrepreneurs. And I just, my, I did my first little sales thing when I was, gosh, I was probably 12, 11 or 12 years old. I started making little wooden picnic tables and I'd sell them. <laughs> and uh, they would fund my my radio fund because I'd buy these little radios and listen to them, which was not allowed. That was like the first entrepreneurial thing I did. Yeah, then I decided I wanted to leave, and and I didn't know anybody really outside of the Amish people. So we, I knew a few of our close neighbors that were not Amish and so forth, but I didn't know where to start. And so I knew I couldn't go work for the Amish people because you know for, there was a period of time where I, I was on my own, and so. So I had to go work for myself. I had to figure out something. One of the very first things I did on my own, I just decided, well, I know how to mow grass. So I would mow grass and build these fences and like stone fence fences, just did anything and everything to make a living. And it just kind of grew from there. And and uh, I did a couple other things and ended up working, ended up taking a job for this company where they wanted me to haul their playground sets around the country to installed them, did that, and ended up buying trucks and trailers, started a trucking company and took care of all their distribution on that end. And then I ended up going into business for myself, did that for 12 years and just really got burned out because at the in the end of it, it was, I was sitting behind a desk. I wasn't really working with the people anymore. It was all just me sitting behind a desk trying to hold the fort down, if you will. And I just got burned out. And so I sold that. And then that's right at, that next year I met you. And then did the furniture thing. So that was the furniture was my seventh. And then this year I started another company was my eighth. And what I've just, I'll do something until it no longer serves me. Or if I don't think it's going where I want it to go and then I'll either sell it or walk away. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of just been my entrepreneurial road, um, yeah. which leads us to today. Yeah. So. And uh, as far as today, what are you excited and passionate about right now, man? I mean, eight businesses. Wow. Pretty impressive. Uh, well, thank you. I, uh, they didn't all make it. Let's make a note of that. So I think the biggest learning curve I had was one. Well, after I sold my company, I went and invested into another deal with another guy. The only deal I've ever done with a partner, by the way. No, I take that back. I did two. The other one worked out okay. But this one took everything I had. So it literally wiped me. So I got, uh, well, it, it's a different story for a different day. But anyway, it wasn't, the partner wasn't who I thought he was. And everything just kind of went 
yeah, it wiped me clean. And so that was, that was a big learning curve for me on business because it was when I started the next one, it did good right off the bat. And then we started this one. And to sort of answer your question is I'm super pumped about what I'm doing today, even though I, I went into this commercial roofing industry and I did it because I was like, well, I know how to do it. I have my certification. And, but it's turned into something a lot more than that. I'm now consulting uh, younger guys who are wanting to do it. But what I'm really super passionate about is, <laughs> is something I've been working on for five years, which is a book. And you know that. I've never okay. released it. Never released it. But yeah. I finally hired these, this company called Brand Builders. And actually, it's funny. We we're talking today because the last two days I spent with them critiquing everything so what i couldn't figure out how to put in flow for five years they taught me how to do in 20 minutes and then we just went through all different so that's what i'm really pumped about is that whole avenue of my personal branding which there's going to be a podcast that's coming there's going to be a book there's going to be all kinds of different things that, man i'm just i really love what i'm doing right now it's i think for two reasons uh it's not just the business. Uh, I have a lot of fun with that. But aside from that, I think the biggest thing I enjoy about it is helping other guys get, um, you know, that come and say, hey, how are you doing what you're doing? And is to see them start it, actually work something and build something. So it's bigger than myself. Um, you can make money. Making money is easy. So it has to, for me, it has to be something more. It has to be something that, that drives me. Dude, I'm so happy I'm wearing a backwards cap right now because the goosebumps my bald head would be standing up right now, man. Like <laughs> that line right there resonates so much with me, man, because you're like my favorite kind of entrepreneur, dude. You're like a for-purpose entrepreneur. You're not just in it trying to make a boatload of cash. You're actually like about some impact. And it obviously goes to show, man, you know, you working on this podcast, this book, like these are ways to serve people. You talked a bit about helping people and that like really like lighting you up. I'm a big believer that before you can help anybody, you got to kind of help yourself, right? And a lot of the audience right now, they're struggling. They're in a nine to five. A lot of them are just out of college. They're in a nine to five that may be kind of comfortable, but they already know that like it's not for them. And they're confused about how to find the true them, how to really pivot in that purpose. You, my man, have no problem pivoting. I mean, you've done eight different gigs here in the last how many ever years. What kind of practical advice could you offer the audience about how to help themselves? Primarily, how to be a self-starter and how to like, you know, work with that hunch of, hey, I know I should be doing something more. Taking that hunch into action in a practical application. What would you say? Right. I wrote down seven steps. I'm going to go over them. I think, I think everything, like, I get the whole nine to five thing and doing what people, I, I meet people all the time that, are, that hate what they're, they're doing. And so, and I've had a lot of people ask me, and this is a problem I have sometimes because I'm, I'm the, I'm the just do it type of guy. Yeah. And then they say, well, how do you just do it? You know, how do you, how do you, you know, you and I, we may pivot, like you said, quicker than some people, but I think that comes from a lot of experience and pain and failure yeah. that, that leads you to that and to where you realize that it's okay to pivot. So for example, if you're, I usually tell people the first step is like release, you have to release to rise, right? So if you want to rise up, you have to release everything. So, so by releasing, I'm talking about, let's start with uh, who, who's, who influenced you? You know, your parents, uh, your pastor, maybe your friends, your family. So, let's, so we're taking everything that we were told from, say, two to five years old or whatever on, and we're saying, okay, we're going to release that. We're going to get into our core 
and, and what what's really driving me? What am I passionate about? You know, is it helping people? Is it, is it making money? Is it, there's no wrong answer. And so, so once you can release all of that, and a lot of that has to do with forgiveness. You have to forgive all the people that have, you know, done whatever you have to be able to say, well, 95% of what I believe is lies. Mm. So, and when you can get to that point and you can say, okay, why do I believe this? So if someone says, for example, um, you, you know, money grows on trees. Well, okay, well, why do I believe money grows on trees? And then you go into the facts and, and that's a whole different avenue. But like, I'm just going to give you the basic principles. So you'd have to release that. And then I start with, okay, and then I, then I sit and I, re- I reflect and recognize. Okay. Reflect, reflect to recognize what it is that you really want to do. So then you start with your core beliefs with that other people haven't spoken into you and you find your own truth. So whether it's religion or whether it's business or whether it's your job or whether I can give you an example of a person, what she had to, she was only in that career because her parents told her she has to. Yeah. Hated the career, you know, so this would be speaking to kind of part of that is saying, okay, no, like I want to do this over here. And so you, you realize that in order to, you recognize that in order for you to rise, you have to reflect and catch and, and start with your own core truth. And then it's visualize your, your hero. For me, my hero and Matthew McConaughey said this best one day. I love what he said. You have to be your own hero. You know, you, his own hero is, is someone he's always constantly aspiring or looking to. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't get the concept at the time when I first heard it, but as I studied it and started it, and that's ultimately what made me start doing two journals. So this is the biggest thing, the biggest transformation that I feel like has ever happened in my career. As far as I've, I've had seven companies before the one, this one, this one, now we're seven months old. This company has done more in seven months than my one company did in 12 years. That's not because it's just a better business. It's because of these principles that I applied in after my failures and, and then this. And so what I started really doing, I think I've talked to you about it, is this changed my entire life. This changed my finances. This changed my relationships. This changed my entire life was I write two journals every day and I have a, a notebook like this size. I keep it right here by my computer every day. One page per day two different sets. So I do one of my current day and I started off kind of like the five minute journal where, you know, I'm grateful for this. And this is what I, this is what I aspire to be like today. And this is, and then I put a little bit about my day. Sometimes I write morning, sometimes it's night. And then um, it's more of an accountability one, if you will. And then the next one, I said, what's my ideal life look like? If money was no issue, where would I live? What would I be doing? Who was around me? You know, who, who are the people talking into my life? What am, what am I doing every day to the point of golfing, to business? What am I buying? Because I, I want to buy a commercial real estate. I have my business deals in there. I bought this building in, say, Atlanta. This is what we pay for. This is what it's netting. These are the tenants. This, that's how detailed I am. And so that's what I'm talking about. Visualize your hero. So I'm that hero in that book. Like, I can't. I aspire to be that man I write about. Right? Yeah. And so it's just changed everything for me because what it started doing is it started changing my belief system mm-hmm. and then everything else just followed. And so that's like the third step that I implemented. And then the fourth one is belief to conviction. So in order for me to believe what I'm writing, I have to be convicted of it. Right. And so, so I really had to like trust myself. I really had to like, again, I think I put some side notes on there. Uh, I really had to push my limit. I did the cold water. I, I said, okay, in order for me to be convicted 
of my new belief system now telling myself, I have to override my brain, right? Like my yeah. brain is still trying to tell me, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. So I have to override it. So I thought, I remember sitting at home one day, it was 10 o'clock at night, and I said, how can I override my, how can I override this voice? How can I shut that little guy up? Yeah. There's a little even evil demon on that left hand shoulder. Such a bastard he is. So uh, I, I remember I got up and I, I ran. I, so I went running. I used to run about two miles and I just ran and about two and a half miles or so, I was like, I'm not stopping. This guy's still not shutting up. I'm not stopping until he shuts up. Mm-hmm. And I started bawling my eyes out, running mm-hmm. down the, road, in the middle of the night. And it's funny because I had put on all black clothes to be invincible for whatever reason in my head. <laughs> and so there was this guy, all black clothes, running down the street, crying his eyes out. But it was a, <laughs> it was a breakthrough moment uh, because I ended up running about eight miles that night and wasn't tired. So I got back and I realized like I had broken that mental state. And so I was like, okay, this is working. This is working. I got something. And so then I started cold water plunges and I just did anything and everything to override that system until I believed it. And then the next was just to, um, I said, okay, now what's next? Well, okay, I have to act on this. I have to act on my new belief system. So I put down act to conquer. So I'm going to conquer this, but I'm going to act upon it. And so, so I did that and, and I just did everything I wanted to do. Uh, let's see what notes I have there. I just say, I just say, do, do, do. But here, here's, here's where it gets tricky. People say, well, how do you do, 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 you know, how do you, for someone that's stuck in a nine to five job and they don't, they don't know exactly what it is they want to do, or, or maybe they know. And I always tell people, find someone that's doing what you want to do and go to them. And so right. one issue I have, uh, uh, this thing I run into a lot when I'm talking to guys who, I've had several guys come to me over the last couple months and say, we want to do what you do, but how do we do what you do? And I tell them, and their answers are always, it's, it's like they want to they analyze, analyze everything. And this is what we figured out this weekend. I'm going to share it with you. It's so funny. So we drew these lines. We were talking about how do we learn, right? Like how do we learn? from someone who's done what we want to do. So let's say, for example, if, if you want to uh, be the best in your business and you go to the guy that's that's the best in your business and you say, hey, Don, you know, we'll use Don for an example. I want to know what you know. Tell, tell me what you know. And he tells you, and you're like, well, man, what about this? What about this? Well, you analyze and, and you pick it apart. And so we drew this graph of like, draw three lines and then you have doing and then you have this, line in the middle, and then you have learning. So how do we go from doing here or from what our current reality is here to actually doing, right? To, mm-hmm. to get to where we want to go. Well, because we have this line in the middle. And so what we call this line in the middle is this analyzation constipation. <laughs> and so, so it's this, it's this invisible filter, this lens of if, I, if, if Don says to you, Carl, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And you come and you're only coming up with questions and excuses and uh, things like, will this work or whatever? I don't know. Well you, well, you can do it, but I can't. Like, how do I know? How do you know I can do it? Because I'm not the same as you. And so that comes back to this invisible filter in between these two lines of where we are and where we want to go. And that in the invisible filter is a lens. And that, that's a lens. That's a failure, a failure filter. It's a failure lens. And what stops you there is, do I want to do it? Mm. Can I do it? Am I willing to do what it takes? Do I believe it? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, or anything, you know, any one of those scenarios, and then you have to be able to eliminate them. And so that was a big thing for me. Was that's how I always tell people to to break down this whole thing of I had to be willing to bypass that failure filter, right? Right. To take away those old lenses and just trust the guy telling me. And so that was that that was something big for me. At some point. And look, man, it's scary, right? Yeah. Like, like you're you're leaving your nine to five, and and it's over here, or not you specifically, but if we're going to use that as a scenario, and you're wanting to be over here, and you're you're using that that invisible filter lens, or what I call the the failure filter, um, as a safety net. Like I remember the day that I lost everything, and like I remember the day that I could I didn't have twenty bucks to put put gas in my truck. Like literally, yeah. And that that shit's scary. Sorry, I don't know if I can cut. No, I, dude, we keep it one hundred here on the free time podcast. All right, all right. cuss away, <laughs> brother. <laughs> all right, but it's scary, right? Like, I remember losing someone that that was really close to me, and and things like that. Like, it's it's the fear, and I understand what happens there. But it's, if you can just break through that, and if you can just trust your gut long enough to be willing to pivot and do something different and go for it and give it your all, then you actually get freedom and clarity once you are able to pass that lens. Everything else makes so much more sense. So you get so much more freedom. And then the next part is just adapting without attachment. And you're adapting to to now what you've learned, again, without the attachments of the old job or the old, you know, you have to be able to adapt without the attachments of people's expectations on you so then the very last part is what you just talked about earlier repeat to evolve mm. so if you do all those steps and you come down to let's just use you know my one company i had for 12 years well 12 years prior that was my dream life well 12 years later my life had changed my goals changed and, and things had changed and so right. I got a lot of flack from people over the time when I sold it. They were like, why would you sell it? You know, it's making you money and you're, you're comfortable and you have this and you have that. I think you have to be aware enough to be able to walk away from that in order to get true fulfillment because I wasn't happy. And people would say, well, why aren't you happy? Well, happiness is fleeting, right? Like, right. so if somebody told me in 2009 that in 2016, what I, I want, this is going to bring me happiness. When 2016, it no longer brought me happiness. So you have to be able to, to evolve and to go further, you have to be able to pivot and, and to change and be willing to walk away or whether it's your job or whether I hate to say this, but even people in our lives, like, you oh, know, that's sometimes you have to just be able to pivot from them and, and make that move to evolve. And so it's just scary to me to think back if I hadn't done that, where I would be, I'd still be stuck. And so what I saw as a dream 12 years earlier, I see as stuck now, if I wasn't willing to pivot. Right. And to take a risk. And so I'm a risk taker, but I feel like I'm I'm a I'm a risk taker, but I feel like I'm I'm kind of I don't know what the right word is for meaning anytime I want to do something, I just find someone who's doing it and I say, How did you do it? Yeah. And then I just take their word and run for it. And so I try not to let that that failure filter limit my vision of what they're saying. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, you obviously check their credibility, but Dude. Man, that, that's been my plan to what I consider success for me as of today. Mm-hmm. That's been kind of the principles I live by and, and have implemented. And, you know, I have no regrets on it. I'm in the best time of my entire life, man. Dude, I love so. that, man. And 
And I think you would agree, man, it's almost riskier to sit on the sidelines and, and leave all of the amazing potential that could be your life in the arena without being yeah. willing to, like, like you said, do, 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 or have some of these conversations with people that have been there before you. And that's honestly, guys, you know, a big point of the show is I feel like in this game that is life, this marathon of life that we're all having a shared human experience, you know, what your path may be, maybe you vastly different from mine, but at the end of the day, we're having a common human experience. And I feel like the more open and honest conversations we can have about that experience, the more we find that we have in common that can help another person out along their journey, man. So I'm happy you brought up that point about, hey, listen, at the end of the day, yeah, I got my fears, I got my doubts, but there's something I know I want to do. I'm going to go find that person and be willing to ask them a question, right? Dude, I feel like you literally took us to school like a professor, but more than a professor because I can tell everything that you just preached here, everything that you're teaching, man, you've lived it. So thank you for that. I kind of want to pivot into a different sort of pace, if you will, if you're cool to do that. Um, Everything you're doing requires time, right? Like that's like the one like invaluable asset that we're all either leveraging or under leveraging. Talk about your relationship with time, man. I mean, running companies, doing everything that you do. How do you manage your time? And I'm gonna let you take that question wherever your heart feels compelled to take it. I I wish I could say I handle it great and everything, you know, but I had a a client of mine actually call me out on it last week and I'm just, you know, I'm 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 just honest here. I'm just going to put it out. Yeah, and please. Said, we were sitting at her at her kitchen table, uh, just signing another deal. And she said, Ephraim, I want you to do something for me this weekend. I, I said, what's that? She said, I want you to, I don't care if you go home. I don't care if you rent a hotel room, but I want you to take a day, turn off all of your stuff and just take a day for you. And it's something I don't do enough. The way I manage time for me, mostly, I feel like I do better than I used uh, than I. I know this year I've taken a lot more time for myself than I have any other year prior to this year, meaning I'll do these little three-day trips to whether it's New York or uh, to the mountains or somewhere where I just get to think and and get outside of my box of home and work. And I still carry my phone with me and I still work and stuff, but but I, I still get that timing. Like I'll just walk the streets of New York for hours sometimes and it just it's just thinking, it's just processing it and writing, thinking about where I want my life to go. But at the same time, that being said, I also have learned to say no. Okay. So you and I both have a lot of friends here in Nashville. And this weekend is a prime example of, um, I had to, there's a lot of friends going to, uh, my friends going to camp and they're like, Hey, we're leaving Thursday through, you know, Monday. Well, of course I love to go camping, but I had a two day seminar type deal. And then I've got some work I have to do. So I said, no, I'm not going to. I have to get this done because here again, I'm responsible for me. I can't blame someone in 10 years if I haven't hit my goals or if I haven't done something that's bigger than for me. I would rather learn how to finish my book so I can serve someone than than go camping. Yeah. That's just my personal, you know, that doesn't, and if that's not you, that's okay. That's just for me. So I take the time to do what I want to do. And if I don't want to do something, I, I say no, and sometimes selfishly, I just say no. And sometimes it's as simple as me staying in at night and just being, I'm, I'm one of those crazy guys that I just love being by myself. Like I love being at home and just writing and just like, I don't know, just researching, writing, just stuff, just figuring out where I want to go with my life basically is one of the biggest 
my happiest time is writing down my future life. So I'll do that for hours sometimes or just and, uh, like think of, think it through. But, you know, everything, again, we all have the same amount of time. And that's, that's cliche to say because everyone says that. But I think it's being intentional with it because I'm not a planner either. Mm-hmm. And planning stresses me out, whereas someone else, it may not. And not planning might stress them out. But for me, I try to live in the present as much as I can. And if I'm planning, I'm always having to think of where I have to be so I don't plan. Yeah. And I just try to enjoy it. And then what it does for me is if I don't make a timeline for myself or whatever, I don't stress over it because I'm like, well, okay, that's okay. You know, I get home an hour later or something. It just is what it is. So yeah. I don't really get worked up about traffic or everything because I try to just live, live my day present. I don't have any really set methods. I get up and I, I like to go work out and I don't eat breakfast. So that saves me some time, uh, I guess, <laughs> but... Uh, but I, I like to go work out or go for a run before I start my day. But, you know, I, I have, go ahead. I was just going to say, I have lots of time. I have time to do about anything I want to do, really. Um, because I just, again, I don't really stop and I don't really procrastinate over things as much mm-hmm. as I just do. If I know I have to do it, I try to do it. And the bigger it is, the quicker I try to do it. So, Ephraim, I love that you touched on that. Would you agree that? Because there's a lot of people where time is their biggest objection, right? Oh, I don't have time to read that book. I don't have time to go to that seminar, whatever the case may be. Would, would you agree that if somebody is feeling that way, right when they catch themselves wanting to make that excuse, they should just stop, to your point, live in the present and go do that thing? Would, would you agree with that? Well, I think the better question is, what if you don't? Oh, so what happens, what but, happens if you don't? Right. So put a little bit of opportunity cost loss into the yeah. Because if if you want to go to a seminar but you don't have time to go to the seminar, why do you want to go to the seminar? Because you want to change your life. Do you want to change your life in some form? So if you don't go, you're going to stay stuck. So so I would say you know weigh your losses and your gains, and then pick whichever one is going to is going to benefit you because you have to at some point take the time to go learn, to be educated. So maybe you have to give up a TV show to read a book. So again, oh man, well, I, I love The Bachelor, not me, but you know, this is my, my, maybe what some girl don't says. Lie, well, brother, don't lie, bro. <laughs> I love it. Like that's the only TV show I go to. I don't know. I don't watch TV. So, I um, But like, you know, okay, well, you, you don't want to miss The Bachelor to read this book. This book may get you where you want to go. Which, which hurts more? Are you willing to, to, you know, sometimes taking the easy way, we have, if, if you take the easy way, we have long-term consequences. But if you, if you do what's hard first, you also have long-term consequences, but they'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Good consequences. And so, so I, I always try to come back to the pain point of if you don't want to do something, like let's say, let's say you're sitting on the couch and you don't want to go work out. Who wants to go work out? Well, it's, it's proven. Um, they have proved it scientifically was that it takes more emo. So you have two energies, right? You have your energy as far as your, your energy to go lift a barbell or, or weights or whatever, or run. And then you have your emotional energy. Well, it takes more an emotional energy to sit on the couch and tell yourself that you don't want to go work out than it would if you just went and worked out. Hallelujah. Oh my and God, so, dude. So in the same way, you can you can use that for your pain points. So if yeah. let's say if you don't want to go work out, you'd rather sit on the couch. Well, well, why do you want to sit on the couch? Well, what happens if you don't go work out? You continue to 
you know, be unfit or whatever it is that's bothering you. Why are you going to work out? You have to find your why. So if you, oh. if you don't want to go, you have to come back and say, what happens if I don't do this? Yeah. Yeah, man, dude. I mean, I, <laughs> you got me going. I'm juiced right now because two things. Number one, you touched on the idea of like, you know, going away and being by yourself. You know, I was in an Uber recently and the lady, we just had a great conversation. I was coming back from Denver's airport. It was like forever and a day away from where I live. So I try to engage my Uber drivers, you know, it's just whatever. She said, the best conversation you can ever have is with yourself. And in today's society, so many people are always so busy, right? There's so many things fighting for our distraction that we've lost touch with that inner voice. So number one, I love that you talked about you know, taking that time aside, just like get lost, get off the radar. I think more people need to, you know, use their, their free time to just get more in tune with themselves so that they can find that why, right? And once you find that why, bro, like for me, I found mine, I don't know, probably about a year ago. and it was. It honestly boiled down to like literally using my God-given gifts to make my life matter in such a way that everybody around me, I find a way to up-level. Like I'm going to make my life, my life matter by up-leveling those around me. And that's, that's what drives me, man. I mean, like to your point, it's harder. It's honestly emotionally and sometimes even physically harder for me to ignore that like key task or the gym, something that I know is pushing me towards my best self to just like sit on the couch or have a couple extra drinks or whatever the case may be. I'm not saying that I don't do those things. Of course, I'm human. But people need to find a way to get into that, that state, right? That state where their why is constantly playing in their mind like a record. Like, hey, listen, man, you got to show up for us. You got to show up for us to the point where like they can't deny themselves that best. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's the premise of what we're trying to do here, bro. So I, I love that you brought those two points up. Yeah. It, well, and you know, to, just to touch on what you said about spending time with yourself, sometimes it's nothing more than taking thirty minutes. Of, again, I don't really watch much TV or anything, so my TV's—I'm not like one of those people where my TV is on at home. So it means if I'm not on the phone or something, I'm—I'm—it's quiet. And sometimes I think it's as simple if if you're pushed for time, you know, because we—you know—you also—I'm sure you have some people in your audience that have kids and stuff, and I can't relate because I don't. Right. And so. Sometimes it's as simple as taking 30 minutes of quiet time. Yeah. Just yeah. sitting there. You don't have to meditate, but just I always tell people to write because it's also proven that everything that if you write, your your thumb is connected to some cell in your head that if you write, it remembers it more. It, it somehow your memory grabs it and attaches it more. Plus you're getting it out. And one thing I've learned for me is whenever you can get something out of your head, even if it's mumbo jumbo, you have a lot more clarity. I always recommend to people like just write, or if you're not a writer, I don't care. Just sit there. Just take that 30 minutes of time and to breathe and just be you and live in the present. Because as soon as you don't, like you said, there's a million and one things grabbing your attention. And, you know, for me, as soon as I find myself too much on social media, you know, I don't have Snapchat uh, on my, I have Snapchat, but I don't have it downloaded. and I don't have Facebook downloaded. The only thing I have on my phone is Instagram. And mm -hmm. whenever I catch myself spending too much time on it, I delete it for a week. Mm -hmm. And then I come back and I'm right back on it too much. But like, you know, <laughs> part of that is I, I use it for work some. So it's just yeah, man. two-sided two -sided coin there. Or the, yeah. The devil, a little bit of both. But Absolutely, man. Well, we're coming up to time here. So I want to touch on one more thing before I got to let you go, man. And that's this concept of manifestation. So you kind of touched on it 
in your seven steps, I think on step number four, when you talked about belief to conviction, um, dude, I'm right there with you. Dude. I have done tons of these legal pads, right? Where I'm always writing down like goals in like specific detail. I'm writing down what life looks like, you know, two, three, four years from now. I want you right now to kind of play a little exercise with me. So you're working on some big things, dude, brother. I can't wait to see what you do with the book and everything else you got going. Where is Ephraim Glick in six to nine months, man? I want you as my witness or me as your witness, my audience as your witness to profess where you're going to be six to nine months. Because what I'm going to do, bro, is not that you and I won't be talking from now till then, but I'm going to circle back with you in that time. And I'm going to be so excited to see how far you've come and honestly, it's it's my suspicion how far you exceed the target you set today. So what's that target six to nine months from now? Um, six to nine months from now, there'll be a podcast out. Uh, two, there'll be a, if the book is not out, it's going to be right at the launching stage. I'm really depending a lot on on the brand builders group to it. For me, I, I do stuff really fast. And so they're really drawing me back and saying, we're going to do this step by step. We're going to do this right. We're going to do this. You know, we're going to get down to the to the bottom of every little detail. Yeah. It's good because they're setting it up for long term. So if the book is not out, it's going to be at the launching stage. I'm going to be doing a lot more speaking than I am right now. Right now it's minimal. So that's something that I'm pushing a little bit more time. Also the, the company that we have, uh, we'll have, we'll have doubled the business by, by six to nine months, nine, I'd say nine months specifically. The sticky part gets in my manifestation, if you will, go in personally. Now the sticky part for me, six to nine months, I'm so happy, like independently. Yeah. I can't speak on that. If I'm going to be in a relationship or anything like that, because I just don't know. Sometimes <laughs> like, Man, this is never going to happen. The rate I'm going plant the uh, seed, bro. Plant the seed. There you go. There you go. So I, I don't, uh, I don't exactly know there. I can tell you more about where I'll be in five years than I can in six to nine months. Mm, that's interesting. Why is that real quick? Why? Because I feel like so many people are more, you know, nearsighted than farsighted. It sounds like you're the opposite. Just quickly touch no, on that. No, I can that. tell you a lot. If you ask me where am I going to be in 20 years, I could list stuff right and left. Wow. And so, okay. But um, I'm not so much nearsighted. It's not that I don't, I don't, I don't, I guess I honestly don't really have, I have goals. You know, I have yearly goals, which I've already hit for this year. So yeah, it's, I don't really think over the, the short term as much as I do the long term. I don't know why. Maybe I need to you know, analyze that a little bit. But I think the biggest thing for me, where am I going to be in six to nine months, is I want myself to be in a place where there's no judgment, where I can go about my day and I don't cast judgment on any person, anything about my, my own, you know, the little – because everyone judges things based off their experience. And what I'm trying to get at as a human is to – when I talk with someone, I don't care if it's a gas station clerk or if it's a best friend, that when I leave, they feel better about their day. So that would be, that's my biggest goal in six to nine months is I'll be that person that doesn't get wrapped up in my own story so much. And I'll have more time for people to make them feel like they matter and to know that they, they're making, you know, that they belong here for this time and this day. So that would be my biggest short-term. You, my man, are a very exceptional human being, my friend. It's a pleasure to know you. I once told you, man, what an amazing world we live in. I know the world's got its issues, but, you know, I choose to focus on what I see, what I want to see, not what's necessarily going on around me. And I don't know what it was, man. I think we had a conversation. And one day I was like, dude, like, what a world we live in where 
a little Amish white boy and a little black boy can be great friends and have these types of conversations. Man. I'm, so, I'm so blessed to know you, bro. And uh, dude, sky is the fucking limit for you, my man. Keep on pushing. Real quick, where can people follow you, man? I know you're active on Instagram. What's your handle there? It's just everything's Ephraim, like E-P-H-R-A-I-M-G-L-I-C-K. Awesome. Um, is there a website as well, too, where they can look up for the book and stuff? Or probably we're not, not right ready. now. We're okay. we're gonna be we're working on that, but it's not gonna be out for probably another month, maybe two. Okay, uh, cool. So yeah, I've never forgotten though when you said that. I still remember where we were the minute you said that. <laughs> and I, dude, I wanna tell you, man, you're I just wanna acknowledge you for who you are. I mean, I've seen you since I've gotten to know you. I've seen you buckle down and make more stuff happen than literally anyone else in our friend group more so. And you've taken, you know, you're, you're taking your time that you could be doing anything with to try to better the world and put a podcast out there with, with good vibes and good energy. You're one of the most contagious people I know. Like every, I've always said every, every room that I'm ever in and you walk in, it's like the whole energy of the room shifts. So you can flash that smile and the world is yours, brother. I'm proud to be your friend. I, I say that I get chills like I really am. Like I think that you're gonna go places that you already are, man. You're you're so you're so far ahead of the pack. You're so oh, far ahead man. of the pack. Dude, I appreciate the kind words, bro. I mean, yo, what can I say, dude? It just it just feels good to, you know, do what's on your heart and to be around people that are doing the same, bro. So with that, man, I love you, dude, and I'll be talking to you soon. Right on. Love you right back. All right. All right. Have a good one, Carl. I appreciate your time. Peace, bro. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's Carl with a K, S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15-minute free Zoom call with me. And I can't wait to see you there.